This is Eugene here in Toronto for the Agency Podcast. And Candy here in Chicago. And we have something special for you today. Yesterday, we had a chance to, uh, through the power of Zoom, go to Japan. And uh, we met up with Yujiro Seki, uh, who is a film director who spent the last several years of his life uh, working on uh, a film called, a feature-length film called Carving the Divine, uh, which follows... Uh, a guild of Buddhist sculptures of Japan. Um, mm. And it turned out to be a fascinating conversation, both about the film, but also about issues that the film asks questions about. Uh, so I think you're really going to enjoy it. And we'd I, like you to see the film if you can. And definitely. can you really tell you where? Yeah, thank you. I, yeah, we really want to recommend that you see the film. You can see it before or after listening to this podcast because we're, we're not doing any spoilers. And it's not that kind of a film. Um, it's a documentary. And you can find it if you just Google Carving the Divine. It will pop up with trailers and then it will lead you to support the film. Um, you need to rent the film or buy it. I bought it, but you can rent it for about $10. And... Um, that money is going directly to the film and supporting its effort. It took this fellow, I'm going to say at least eight years to do this. So um, it's a great thing to support. And I think you're going to find out a lot of things. Plus we'll share um, the link for rent, for renting the movie on our social media and comps on um, social media. And you can find it on Vimeo if you have a membership on Vimeo, or if you don't, you just uh, plug in a debit card or something and uh, watch the movie. And so I, we're going to take you there right yeah, now for our yeah. conversation with you, Jiro Seki. I will never forget your name now that I know it's like my name. Thank you. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, we watched your film, Carving the Divine, a documentary um, about a very intense apprenticeship in Japan, thousands of years old. And um, I was quite taken with the movie and the basically these young people who are studying wood carving and I'm so glad you're able to come here and tell us about your film and maybe answer a couple of questions with us. Thank you so much for having me. We're thrilled. What, right away, I think the obvious one is, why were you interested in this topic? I know I should have made a, a movie about Justin Bieber, right? Everybody <laughs> put a laugh. Well, you probably make a lot more money, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's the thing. Uh, first of all, uh, because nobody makes it, right? Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make something unique. That's the first requirement when I was looking for the title. You know, uh, pretty much everything else has been done in this world. You know, if I'm making something, I mean, I'm going to be adjustment or like a modification of a, something a uh, little bit different, but pretty much the same thing. So uh, yeah, but you know, it has a long story. I'll make it as short as possible. Uh, you know, uh, my father is a Buddhist altar maker, Buddhist furniture maker. Uh, so it's called Butsudan. Mm -hmm. So ever since that I was a little, I was sur surrounded by Buddhist objects. You know, like a, a tablet, statues, furniture, incense. You know, things like that. So. Ah. But, but you know, when I was a little, I didn't think anything of it because it was just a family business. So my father mm -hmm. took me to uh, many places, uh, including temples, and I met a lot of uh, a priest. And uh, yeah, there was nothing. Yeah, mm -hmm. just it was uh, just uh, my father's business. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I didn't think of my environment for anything unique or special. But, you know, uh, later in my life, I realized, uh, you know, it was a kind of special. So, you know, fast forward to when I was in high school, I made my first movie, a detective film, uh, a comedy detective film with my uh, high school uh, friends, right? Mm -hmm. So it was just like a, something to do when you were in high school, you know, first movie, detective, you know, something popular. So, uh, yeah, and, you know, I got together with my actor friends and I fell in love with the process of the cinema. You know, I show my movie to uh, people at school and uh, yeah, like everybody seems like, like they liked it, you know, they laughed and I was very encouraged and inspired by it. And that was the reason why that I wanted to study cinema. And uh, back then, uh, you know, to study cinema, you got to go to the United States was kind of naive thinking, but I was in high school and uh, I was like, okay, I'll go to the United States and study cinema. So I went to, today I came to the United States and, and I studied uh, language, uh, English language for a few years because I, I was not up to the speed to study at a, at, at a university. But you know, finally uh, I graduated from the university and I started working in LA. And I became a uh, like a director of a uh, video department uh, mm. at a, a design company. So you know, my original intention of getting into this field was uh, to make a movie that inspires people. Right? I wanted to make a movie that inspires people. You know, that was kind of you know a teenage dream, right? Childish teenage dream to you know that's going to be my profession, right? But, you know, when I started working in L.A., you know, I realized my job was nothing but making a video for a business. Yeah. There was nothing there was nothing wrong with making a, a videos for business, but it was not something that I had in mind. I wanted to make the movie that inspires people. So, uh, yes. And, you know, after working for a few years, uh, uh, you know, I increasingly, increasingly became uh, became unsatisfied with what I was doing. And finally, you know, I was like, oh, well, you know, maybe I'm not going to make anything for the rest of my life. So if uh, I'm not going to make anything, you know, at least I should make something, at least one. You know, that the work that means to me, means to my people, means to the, uh, the world. And, uh, you know... I thought Buddhist sculptors of Japan as a very uh, interesting subject matter. And that's, this is something that I could only make because, again, you know, uh, back to my childhood story, uh, my father uh, had a lot of uh, connections. It's not like you go to Bush's workshop and ask him if I can film them. It's not easy like that. So, you know, and I was like, well, it's a 1,400 year old tradition. It's very unique. And uh, I have not seen anything like this outside of Japan. You know, I, I, I've seen a few documentary there, documentaries there and there for the, the topic of Bushi, but I, they never went too deep enough. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought like it was just, uh, you know, yeah, people talking about uh, the subject matter in a superficial way. And you see the statue and that's it. But, you know, I wanted to get into the deep and profound aspect of Japan, not only about the statues or not only about Buddhism, but 
this whole culture. It, it's a package mm -hmm. and it's a very difficult to pull it off. As a, I went through like 11 years of my journey, you know, to make the first draft was like, a, it took six years. And after that, you wow. know, I perfected the music and the, you know, I cleaned up the sound and, you know, since uh, uh, nobody is backing me financially. So it just took so long, but you know, I took my time and uh, yeah, uh, you know, it seems like it's working now. Yeah, you know, you, you've said what I was going to say anyway, was that my impression while I was watching your film was that it was if, that these craftspeople, you've got young people who really want to do something. They're not going to make any money. They have to like doing it. And then they beg to have a teacher. And I said, oh, my God, this is a great metaphor for filmmaking. Because when you make it, most people don't realize when you make a documentary, it takes seven or eight years. Like that's a, a short documentary. That's an easy one. Sometimes they can, sometimes you might be able to squeeze them out in a couple of years, but most take about five to seven years. So you've sacrificed your time in many ways, much like these young people have to learn how to carve wood. Uh, so I saw it as a metaphor for filmmaking, which I think made it very interesting to me. And I went to, and you know, Eugene and I studied art and I had a couple of, I had a watercolor teacher who was a very tough guy. His name was Philip Wade. I'm sure, I don't know where he is. I don't know if he's still alive or not, but he was very hard on me, very tough. Everything was wrong, you know, but it, it made me work really hard. So I related to the young people in your film. Interesting, because yeah. uh, you know what, what, what I intended to do for this documentary is to give the experience for an individual. Mm. Uh, it's a there's a something for uh, anybody. Mm -hmm. That's the same. Mm -hmm. And you know, you as an artist went through uh, experience, and uh, you know that reminded you of the experience that you had about this uh, Philip Professor Philip, right? Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, Here's the thing. I mean, if I was to make the documentary, that's going to put like a my way of thinking, my agenda, my narrative on people. Uh, pretty much, people is gonna come out of a similar experience, right? Because you know, I have an agenda that I wanna uh, you know tell you. You know, I think this is like this, and I want you to think or feel this is like this. And there are many documentaries out there takes this format it's almost like a college essay i always say like a, you you have a, like a you know introduction body and a conclusion yeah in the introduction you gotta have a thesis and you try to prove your thesis throughout the film and in conclusion you say i'm right and you kind of believe in believing what you have to believe true, in true so, when, you know, when, go ahead when, when you started to to meet the students and the masters um were they open and willing um, or did they did they feel awkward at first when you started to film them? Of course, everybody's awkward. Everybody's <laughs> awkward. When you make a movie, documentary, <laughs> you cannot avoid that. Yeah. But you know, if you are there for long enough, you can become an heir. So if you want to make a true, genuine, authentic documentary, that's the kind of commitment you need. So I was going to follow up on what I was going to say is mm. that you know, to make observational direct cinema, uh, which 
you can get the true experience of what people are going through, and you can reflect that upon on your experience and have your own uh, own special moment. You know, it takes time. Mm -hmm. so, you know, okay. If I want to make a documentary that's want to tell you about the, my point of view about the uh, about the bushi Buddhist the sculptors of Japan, and I want to uh, uh, capture a bunch of interviews and put it together, and uh, I'm going to have a voice of God you know, mm -hmm. narration. I yeah. can I can put it out pretty quickly, like you know, a couple of months, three months. Yeah. So, you know, but you, it won't take uh, six years or ten years. So it's uh -huh. not gonna, it's not going to happen, but if you want to give a special experience and authentic, you know, uh, experience uh, to the audience, it just takes time. So that's why I always tell, tell people if, if when people ask me, what are you going to make next? Like I was, I was like, oh, you want me to do this again? Next? You're going to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe a movie about Go will be your next one. That could be good. <laughs> go, go would be harder, I think, because Go you know, doesn't have a lot of action, right? <laughs> that's that, true. That, that, that's, that's true. true. That's a, that's Less action thing. than carving. Yeah. yeah. That's another thing that, you know, that I wanted to say. Even carving. Yeah. Every day, pretty much people just carve, right? Yes. The process is very, very slow. In mm. the film, I'll make it faster for you. Yes. But actually, it takes months and months, and every day it moves very, very slow. So this is the, another reason why it is very difficult to, you know, convey the idea that this tradition is a beautiful and fantastic, because like when you, you know, something like a choreography, Japanese choreography, right? Mm -hmm. So you know, you have you can do a quick demonstration, like at the you know, a choreography master. Mm -hmm. Shodo master can just uh, uh, draw, uh, paint, mm -hmm. you know, the, the characters uh, on the spot and the people are going to go like, whoa, that was great. You can do, not do that for the uh, wood carving. It just, just takes time, you know. Yes. And, and uh, yeah, so what happens is uh, uh, it's a very difficult to uh, convey the message and every day people just carve a little by little and to find the story is so difficult because it's a, mm -hmm. still cinema. You're mm -hmm. gonna have a story. Yes. You can just to show like a people doing stuff. If you do that, you you know you might as well put the videos on TikTok or something, and that's <laughs> you know. Yeah. As a cinema, you gotta have a story, and to find the story out of a you know mundane everyday uh, life mm -hmm. is very difficult. Mm -hmm. And I think a goal would be a lot even lot harder. You know. <laughs> yeah, probably true. Probably true. Yeah. yeah. It, it seems that for The Apprentice, even if you've done the most exquisite work, it seems that the best you can get as feedback is um, you have my endorsement. But uh, like no <laughs> yeah, one says, yeah. wow, this is fantastic. And you look <laughs> at the work that these people have done where they sweated over it for so much time and the carving is so, so exquisite. And then we see the, the masters looking at it, looking for something <laughs> to say that just casually kind of derides these students. And it's like, it's their job to push them down, to make them achieve a kind of greatness. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, it's a life learning process. And you're never enough. 
that's 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 what it comes down to it and uh, you know maybe in, in the 21st century it's a little too much for some people but you know either you know you get the best at what you do or you just uh, play around and uh, you know pat each other's shoulder and uh, hey you're great you're great uh, you're great i'm great you're great <laughs> you're great right or you just you just want to leave this legacy behind really want to uh, create the great art and uh, you know that commitment uh it must be a lot higher than just the friends getting together and uh, doing stuff yes well there's also a mystery in the in the film which i can't give away i won't give it away but i can't give it away because it's almost intangible so i don't know how i can put words to it but at some point you look at some of these masters and 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 the young people become very good after six seven years and they're still doing it so the mystery is they're having a feeling they have something what is it you know and that's where i was really drawn in is like what's that feeling that they're having when you when we see one of the um masters a senior and he doesn't even care if he eats anymore <laughs> he just wants to carve i mean so there's the mystery is you're like wow do how many of us can say that we have that feeling in our lives and that we're so into doing something you know he it was he's it's so beautiful to see that Mm, yes, yes, I, I do agree. But you know, he is somebody very, very special. You know, it doesn't mean everybody's like that. But you know, he is somebody that everybody's uh, aspire mm -hmm. to be one. Mm. You know, you, you know, he does just doesn't care. He just mm. uh, calls all the time. Yeah. He doesn't probably care about his wife and uh, his kids to some point. Yeah. You know, probably they, he does care, but in the end, uh, you know, he'd rather he'd rather uh, carving. Uh, do carving than taking care of other things mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. It, it seems that in the 21st century and you mentioned TikTok, tock mm -hmm. uh in 21st century everything we want everything to be fast and instant and to only last 20 seconds and we want it all now we want we want to understand everything now um and these folks they're the the apprenticeship the whole apprenticeship system is so different than we're raised to um, interact in the world, in the modern world today. Um, and it's it's fascinating to take a, a slow, deep look at a, a process that by its nature is slow and laborious and difficult, um, or maybe it's impossible, I don't know. Hmm. Good call. Yes. Uh, you know, sometimes I feel like, uh, you know, I should have uh, uh, produced this film like uh, 40 or 50 years ago, right? You know, cause where people are more, people have a better understanding of uh, what it takes to be great at something and what kind of work you need to be great at something. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, but I do think because back then, you know, that kind of uh, ethic is more valued, especially in Japan. Mm -hmm. You know, nowadays uh, things are changing and the apprenticeship culture is dying. But back then, you know, when I was, uh, when my dad was uh, like uh, uh, 
like very young, like when, when my dad was uh, in junior high school or something, 15 years old, I don't know, the 50, 60 years ago or something, 40 years ago. But back then, you know, either you go into apprenticeship or you go into uh, the university. So it doesn't mean, you know, you can, you everybody can go to university. You gotta be like intelligent and you gotta, you know, uh, be smarter, smarter than most of the people. You know, majority of the people, they, when they finish high school, I mean, they have to uh, find the skill set to uh, make a living for the rest of their life. So apprenticeship was very popular. You know, nowadays it's dying. So, you know, apprenticeship, uh, you know, uh, you learn the skill and uh, uh, you make a living for the rest of their life uh, was very popular back then. So uh, back then, probably uh, people would have understood this culture uh, a lot more than people of TikTok nowadays. Yes. You know, why do we have to work this hard? This is a crazy, you know, I mean, I can just make uh, so much money right away by making silly videos, getting the sponsors. So, but you know, here in, in Canada, I can't think of very many occupations that involve a long apprenticeship today. Um, I think maybe um, uh, blacksmith work. I think mm -hmm. there's a often apprenticeship in blacksmith work. Um, recently here, barbers, the barber industry uses an apprenticeship, but it's 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 much smaller. Uh, you know, I mean, you you be, you can become uh, a, a full fledged barber in like eight months instead of eight years. You know, mm -hmm. so it's it it uses that kind of approach and system, but it it doesn't have the level of time and effort that that these people put in and then at the same time i was shocked in the film to hear somebody say but speed equals money mm. so everybody is in it for the long term but somebody in the guild is thinking We've got to we've got to move these units. We've got to finish these pieces. We've got to sell. We've got to earn some money too. So I hadn't expected um, to see the the kind of specter of speed being introduced to to the carving activity. It's a very complex system. I think it's a, it's a, it's easy to just to see from outside and say, oh, those people just take time and. Uh, they never make money and things like that. But you know, we have to make all we all have to make a living somehow. Mm -hmm. And to do, do that, skill skill sets, you gotta have a great skill set that you can do the job fast, but you still must make something that's uh satisfactory or you know beautiful for anybody to enjoy. So yes. Is the tradition of of, of apprenticeships much stronger in Japan than in, in North America? I would say so. Uh, but, you know, again, I'm not knowledgeable about uh, North America well enough to, you know, uh, tell you otherwise. But, you know, often people say, I've never seen anything like this. Maybe we had this in the past, but we don't have it anymore. And uh, again, Japan, it's a dying culture too. Mm. There are still apprentice apprenticeship cultures out there. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean 
it's a lot compared to when my dad was young when when i when when i told you you know my dad went went into an apprenticeship to be a become a, a buddhism maker right like you know a buddhist altar maker you know that, that was a, a, the profession that he uh, decided to go to and the other uh, apprenticeship as well like a making umbrella you know there was an apprenticeship you know I mean, nowadays, I don't know how profitable making umbrella would be, but back then it was a very popular uh, place to go uh, as an apprentice. So the guild, when, who are they selling to? Are they selling to temples or individuals? Yeah. Well, you know, again, individuals, temples, yes. You know, whoever, you know, says, you know, uh, you they want to make a statues. I mean, they get to uh, have a statue. Like, if you want a statue, you ask them and you make one. You know, I mean, doesn't need to be a Buddhist statues. Actually, if you tell them that, you know, a statue of a falcon or something like like a never-ending story or something, they'll make one for you. Oh, <laughs> the same the same guild will do that. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a ultimately it's occupation. Yeah, and like in the past, uh, it was really for making Buddhist uh, statues, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean I mean they limit themselves by only making Buddhist statues. Okay. But their main uh, occupation is to make a Buddhist statue, so they specialize in Buddhist statues. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. Here's an interesting story for you when you uh, ask me about the apprenticeship. So there, there was a one apprentice in the film. I'm not going to mention who okay. at this moment. But, you know, this apprenticeship, he went to, he used to go to this university, a very famous wood carving university in Japan, right? And, uh, you know, I mean, but he wanted to learn about the Buddhist statues. So, you know, he decided to... Uh, go to the workshop and uh, see if he can uh, be, uh, become an apprentice. You know, just like in the film, you saw the interview. So, you know, he had mm -hmm. the interview. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, he he was like, well, I'm very good with the wood carving. I went, uh, I went to these famous universities and, uh, you know, I am very good. So uh, if you take me in, I can uh, contribute to the guild. You know, yeah, so you should take me in. That's what, what, what he said to the uh, master, right? And the, the master was like, okay, okay, that's awesome. So let's see what you, what, what you can do. So do this, right? And he told him to do something very basic, right? But this person cannot do it. He can't. And the master was like, he master laughed. And he was like, you, you were in this university for four years? And you cannot even do this? You got to be kidding me. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, ultimately, the master took him in. But the guy was so embarrassed. You know, but yeah, he became a very humble. Yeah. Yes, he, he, he had to adjust, adjust his, um, his attitude, right? His attitude. And also, he realized that he was not that good. So the point, the point that I wanted yeah. to make, like, uh, so you know, we we glorify university nowadays, right? You you, you we like, uh, you know, you must go to university, you know, like, uh, well, you don't know 
what are you going to do in your life? So you got to go to university. So, you know, you, if you don't go to university, you're not educated. You know, you know, I don't know about North America, but in Japan, you know, there's some little bit of stigma about either you went to university or you didn't go to the university, which yeah. university, you know, you went to. You know, it's very, very important, right? But, you know, you you get the approval from the society when if you go to university. Okay, you went to university. That's great. So now you're human now, you know, that, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. But when it comes to the skill sets, right? Which system <laughs> is uh, more effective? Uh, because when you go into apprenticeship, you just uh, work on getting better every day without any distraction. Even when you work on your stuff uh, at night, you, as mm -hmm. you see, so in the film. So, uh, it's a uh, you know interesting you know I I don't want to like uh, uh, criticize or I don't want to say bad about the university system but it's uh, something to think about the uh, food for thought. It it seems that with the apprenticeship system, everything is focused on the one activity, right? These these carvers have to become as close to master carvers as they possibly can, and that's all they focus on. Whereas in the university system. Um, the stress is much more on achieving a liberal education. So you get what you major in, but you also get um, a little bit of different disciplines to round out your education. So it's it's a much different kind of of approach, and you can maybe not get as specialized as you can with the apprenticeship approach. I would say so. Yes, I agree. Yeah, it, it is true. Um, there is something, you know, you it, it's win and lose. You're hoping when, when young people go to university, they are getting that kind of life skills and everything. But there does seem to be a bit of a bubble. And now, you know, you, you're taking so much specialized work, not in the same way as specialized applied. So it, that's a great analogy, a great story to hear about that. You know, it also, yes. it also in the apprenticeship, also focuses much more on the idea of greatness being achieved through discipline, <laughs> which isn't, that, that isn't a focus in the university at all, I don't think. Yes, I, I agree. So, you know, you talk uh, uh, about your professors, like a, RateYourProfessor.com, right? Yes, it's true. So you don't have a RateYourProfessor.com for apprenticeship. Right? No. <laughs> that is so true. Yeah. And I mean, also, you, you know, I was trying to think in the United States, who could relate to this kind of um, sacrifice and, and commitment that this, these people are, that the young people are making? Because we're so careful with our children. We don't want to hurt them. We don't want to, we don't want them to cook. Oh, don't cook. You can learn to cook later. Oh, don't do this. Don't do that. I'll take care of everything. And, you know, kids go to university, they learn theoretical arguments for life, and then they can't make supper, you know, when they get a job. Um, <laughs> Again, this is not criticism for no, the No, no, of course you not. You know what I mean? For, for me, you know, they, there's a good thing about uh, being a rounded person. Yes. You know, study a little bit there, a little bit there. But as far as uh, becoming the best you can, because there are a lot, a lot of competitions mm -hmm. in the field, you know, uh, wood carving field, right? You know, mm -hmm. I mean, you got to be the best. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to make a living. 
You might be able yeah. to do it as a hobby, but you're not going to be able to make a living. So like, a, depends on what what you want to become. I think you should choose apprenticeship or you're going to a university. But I think it you, apprenticeship for woodcarving or doing art really works. Mm -hmm. That's why people yeah. have been doing it for so many, so many years. Mm -hmm. So and and you know I I've witnessed really that uh, this apprentice uh, growing and becoming becoming a really good uh, artist and mm -hmm. uh, I I don't know it's just uh, something to think about uh, you know when it comes to what is education right Yes yeah well, there's also the sense there's a there's an un, the other thing that's intangible is a sense of an extended community the thing with the carving is that probably right now there's probably a machine a 3d machine that could carve these but i'm guessing that the audience the the person the patron the person that wants this wants a hand carved they also want to know that someone carved this statue um so there's a relationship there and, and something that happens with the apprenticeship. And we talk about this on the podcast a fair bit, especially with AI right now, because I, I can't help but think about AI when I'm watching your movie, um, is that we're giving away the uh, physical and mental uh, practice that actually is benefiting us to be a well-rounded person. We're giving that away by giving it to AI or giving it to 3D printers or giving it to a machine, a lathe or something, um, because something happens to us when we give these, when we get dedicated to a craft. We're learning more than woodcutting. Let me, let me put it that way. Obviously, these many of them, there was, I think, a couple of females, but they're learning to grow up. They're learning to live in the world and they they they're learning how to budget because they're not making massive amounts of money and budget their time to be with their family. They're learning incalculable skills while they're an apprentice that we can't mm -hmm. see, that we can't see another intangible, you know, and I guess the difference with the university is that no matter what happens between five to 10 years, most people are growing up in those, you know, from 15 to 25, you're kind of at that point learning whether you go to university or you're an apprentice, you're going to start to learn to be round, well-rounded, you hope, you hope. Is, yeah. is, is it um, important for in Buddhism to have the, the religious object that is made through that tradition? That's a good question, right? A good I, question. That be, because, you know, AI uh, possibly can do what they can do. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, 3D printer could be able to do what they can do. Yes, like uh, there are things like, uh, you know, I mean, uh, Japanese uh, Buddhist wood carving, they don't use sandpaper, for example. They they uh, only use a chisel to do the finishing touch, whereas other cultures, they might use uh, like a sandpaper to do the final polishing. Mm -hmm. So that's why Japanese uh, Buddhist wood carving is so refined and is so detailed and so beautiful. So that's one of the aspects of it. You know, this thing in the past uh, was not be able to achieve, you know, very easily uh, by other tradition. But nowadays, uh, you know, even AI 
even though they don't they cannot do it now but they might be able to do it in the future uh and uh, you know i mean the world of a terminator is coming i would say right <laughs> so, but, yes <laughs> but it, it's it's a it's a to my you know, my opinion it's double edged sword it's really destroying the humanity. Are you serious? You're doing that? Even though you have technology to do that, are you really doing that to humanity? Yeah. But as far as, a, you know, uh, to get back to your question, as far as, a, you know, Buddhist carving goes, uh, I'm not sure how comfortable, especially like a priest, like a Buddhist priest and all that, uh, let AI do that. That's a, what, what, one of the things. And also, you know, people might, might say this is, I might, people might say I'm a superstitious or anything like that, but there's something about the statue made by great master that cannot be, uh, that we cannot understand why, but we feel the energy and aura around that work. You feel certain kind of, uh, emotion mm -hmm. that cannot be triggered by AI. I don't know if they can uh, trigger that. Then, you know, our job is really finished and done. But when you make a statues, like when you see a statue like uh, in Kyoto or something, some of them are more than 1,000 year, years old, right? Mm -hmm. You really feel something at the present of the statue that is a transcendent of just the mere object mm -hmm. so can ai do that that's a, that question right i guess we'll find out oh yeah <laughs> it's worth it yeah, yeah. i you can know, I tell you to, yeah i was trying to think if we have any western traditions that are comparable to this carving tradition in, in japan and the one the one tradition that came to my mind when you mentioned not using sandpaper is the tradition of violin making in the west uh, uh violin makers also don't use sandpaper they use scrapers to do the the final refinements in a in a violin um mm -hmm. and yet today you can buy um a 200 dollar violin um made in a factory in china um where they use cnc machines to do the cutting and the carving um and which sandpaper is used all the time and you get a violin-shaped object, which has some characteristics of a violin, like you can more or less make music on it. But somehow or another, those, those instruments that are made using the fast techniques don't have whatever it is we're looking for in the truly beautiful instruments. They don't have a soul. That's, That's why right. I, might say, I might say, you know, some people say, hey, Yuji, yeah, you are superstitious. It looks the same. It must be the same. You know? <laughs> Nothing is different, right? Some people might argue with that, but I don't think so. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, that soul, you know, I mean, soul is in it and you feel it. Yes. You, when you go to like a... a even museums, right? Like, uh, Metro Metropolitan Museums and the Boston Art Museums and the places like that and see uh, uh, Buddhist statues, uh, very, very old statues. And when you uh, stand in front of them and uh, observe them, you feel something. 
other than just a mere yes, they, they help transport you to yeah. another another state of mind uh, yes, yes, I, I think yes. that's true with uh great art more generally too mm -hmm. yeah like you know when you go to like italy or something and uh, you see a la pilata or you know when you see a sistine chapel or something you know maybe because they are you know heavily advertised you know everybody knows about these you know mm -hmm. this art you know that's that's why you know you know you might think oh i finally i saw it but you know like for example uh uh last supper by uh da, uh, da vinci mm -hmm. right like uh, milan mm -hmm. you know when i saw it it was like a holy crap <laughs> This is this is that's incredible. Like, <laughs> I, I felt that the whole gravity is on me. Yes. And, and I, when I, it, if it's just a painting, why do I feel that? Mm -hmm. Because it's just big. That's why I feel <laughs> that. Or there's something else uh, other than just a mere technique or, or maybe many things including the weight of history and the weight of the stories that we tell each other to try to make sense of our world. Well, you know, I yes. was pretty, yeah, I was pretty young when I saw Mona Lisa. I knew Mona Lisa was a famous painting. Yeah. You know, I knew that, but mm -hmm. I saw her when I was about 15 and mm -hmm. I had I had no ex I really didn't know what I was going to think. But I had quite a profound experience when I saw her. And um, you know, it it it's there is something in her painting. He put something in there, in the narrative, in the landscape, in her eyes. It had worked on me. I was like, oh, oh, okay, something's going on here. And there's a meaning here that I need to find out. Yes, it's like Mona Lisa too. Like, you know, I heard or I read, you know, someplace that, you know, Da Vinci spent his lifetime painting it, right? Like, you know, okay, okay. I, I thought I finished it. Oh, no, I'm not finished yet. You know, oh, I thought I finished it. I finished it. And he carried it everywhere and tried to perfect it. And, uh, you know, but if AI can do that, you should, you know, the a painting of Mona Lisa done by uh, AI, you should feel the same thing mm -hmm. as a mm -hmm. uh, painting done by uh, Da Vinci, and uh, you know maybe there's, there's a uh, maybe but do, you? do you right? But but maybe just because we think we are conditioned, this is a great art. Maybe that's maybe. why you maybe we feel like oh this is Da Vinci, but. Yeah, I mean, I saw Mona Lisa too. I, I saw a bunch of tourists taking pictures and it was a very crazy, chaotic environment, but I found something. Right. I, 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 don't know, I, I don't know what that is. I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't either. Well, I want to kind of re-clarify again. The reason I was saying about that was I was young and there weren't tons of, there, it wasn't, there were tourists there, but it wasn't like it is today. And, and it, I mean, it got busier and busier with more people traveling, but it was still a very quiet Louvre. It was a quiet museum when I was there, you know, mm -hmm. a bunch of school kids from Canada. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't, I guess I didn't have a lot of what I would call, a, I knew she was famous, but I didn't, I wasn't bringing a lot of art history with me. I was from a small town in Canada. You mm -hmm. know, I knew I've seen a famous painting. I didn't expect it to have profound um, layers of experience, transcendent. You know, it was transcendent.
you know, we we get that though in the in the modern context too, not just in the old master context. True. Um, for me, when I was a young man, I went to the Museum of Modern Art in New York, um, and I wanted to see Guernica, Picasso's Guernica, which was on loan there, and. Uh, I walked up the stairs at that time you'd walk up the stairs and you turn around and you face all of a sudden you face this painting, which is like 30 feet long and black and white and stark. And um, it, it glued me to my spot and I cried. Um, It's just such an incredibly profound experience. Um, And, but Picasso doesn't have the benefit of the guild and that kind of, uh, old master type training. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he was the upstart who had everything, uh, who was the self-contained modern man, right? Mm. True, true. So, so, so I, maybe there's different ways in which the soul gets in there. Well, and I think that the, I think art takes over. When you make an object, it becomes its own mystery, its own power too. So I think mm-hmm. that's it. And, you know, I mean, I'm not, I didn't grow up, I grew up Buddhist. I didn't grow up Christian. But when I go into certain cathedrals on that, I mean, the artwork and the way it's designed is made there to help us have an experience. And I think mm-hmm. that's the same thing with the Buddhist statuary, is that they are conceived to draw us in and reflect what a meditative face looks like. I mean, that's mm-hmm. why they pay attention to the face, is that they are painting serenity and peace of mind. That's, mm-hmm. you know, they have a challenge to be able to do that, because in the world, you don't see that. They can't look at someone and see peace of mind for most people. They have to find it in the in the object they're creating. They're searching for peace of mind in their imagery. Mm-hmm. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There was a good point about the you know Picasso being a genius and things like that. You know, rather than going through a, a heavy apprenticeship like uh, you know uh, the people in the film. You know, the point is you know again, it does not mean. Uh, apprenticeship is better or university is better yes. or self-taught is better but there's some human humanity or human aspect inside yes. of the art that makes the art special Bingo. so if the AI can do that I think we should just cease to exist <laughs> right? we, we should just extinct, extinct and just let the AI takes over the world. There's no point of us being there if AI can do everything. <laughs> uh, it's very interesting that our discussion has has moved to AI because you've come out with this film at the same time that yes. we're seeing the, uh, the the rise of the the absolute rapid rise of of AI, the first glimpses of which we saw, I think, in 2016, um, back to Go for a minute when AlphaGo beat uh, Isidro, uh, and no one thought that no one thought that the AI could ever um, could ever beat the human master, human professional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think we will find out, you know, um, what the difference is if AI can be programmed to have an unconsciousness. You see, with humans, we have an unconsciousness. And we have, you know, a million years of the traditions. A million years. AI always will be behind us because it's only 20, 30 years. It's always going to be a million years behind us. And we have magic, mystery, imagination, and memory. 
And you can't fake that. You can't make that. Um, and that's why the pictures that are coming out in AI, it's not that they're not good or interesting. They are. But you can tell right away. I saw one of a woman walking in New York and it was creepy because I knew it wasn't a woman. It was AI because it, it lacked humanity. And it was just some guy, you know, wanted to make his perfect woman. I was like, oh, great. Now we have a machine just to make a perfect woman. It wasn't bad enough that everybody wanted a perfect woman in the first place. Now they can do it on computer, you know. Um, but it will be interesting to see if if AI, if, if three-dimensional printing and AI could do take over the Buddhist sculpture. And if that would be acceptable to anybody. Right. Well, now except except acceptable to the people who went through a training, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> well, there's also something in today's world incredibly special and beautiful about people who will devote their lives to learning a skill or a craft um, with the hope that one day you might approach greatness. But for which you're foregoing wealth, um, comfort. Uh, you you forego a lot of the things that we see in certainly in modern Western culture as being um, things we like. Um, mm -hmm. But you you don't you don't get that. You just have the the possibility that maybe you'll do something that the master can endorse. <laughs> Right, right, uh, true, but you know, it doesn't mean people cannot make a living out of this because you know, uh, statu those statues are very expensive, as you know that it's a, a labor intensive, time consuming, and if you get your name out there, you could charge a lot of money, like a Picasso. Mm -hmm. So, so some some of these carvers are quite successful because I yes. got the impression in in the film when you see that the apprentices. That they don't hope to be rich one day. They 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 think they're not gonna make a big living. Well, again, that's not the main objective, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean you can own a house or you know you can you don't have a food on the table or you know you you cannot pay the basic expenses. Uh, that's why they went through the training. That's why they become the best they can because the ones who cannot make a living they have to become a construction worker or something right yeah. right yeah 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 and uh, you know i mean it's a it's a competitive field and you know everybody's uh, everybody's friends but also everybody's enemy <laughs> that's very uh, interesting I mean, that, that, that's that's the brutal yeah. reality you know yes. I mean, yes. people getting together and uh, you know <laughs> having a birthday parties or whatever yes, right but yes. in the end like uh you know, everybody's thinking I'm going to be the best. I'm going to be, yes. be better than other people, you know? Yes. So, uh, because if you don't become this like a 1%, 10%, I don't know the exact statistics, mm -hmm. you, you're you not going to be able to make a living. Yeah. And you, you, you want to have the same kind of a, a quality of life than a people, like other people who have a regular job mm -hmm. or even better. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, I really enjoyed your film, and I hope that um, our listeners will take the time to see it. Are you going to be bringing it on tour to America? Well, again, I mean, anybody can watch it at this moment. Uh, yes. If you go to uh, com and uh, you can have a, a link, you can yeah. click the link to 
have access to the film. Uh, mm -hmm. We are only having a platform, Vimo. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, to to watch the film at this yes. moment, but yes. you know we are expanding. Hopefully, we'll expand uh, in a different platforms in the near future. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, we just had to do it. You know, I launch it. We just oh, had well. to. Launch it oh yes, because, get it out. Yes. <laughs> because basically, some people are waiting for the film for five or six years by now. You know, because. Yes. Uh, that's a, when I first finished the first draft of the film and they started promoting on the social media and the people are like, when's going to come out? When's going to come out? And I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm going to a film festivals. And right now, uh, you know, unless I get out of the film festivals, film festivals don't want the film to be available right. you know, online. So, you know, I, I have to follow the regulations. Yes. So you can watch it. And having, having, procrastinating for forever so yeah. and i was like you know maybe you know this time i'm gonna ask them to wait for a little bit more but i was like i want just to you know get it out there first and i'm gonna yeah. think about the, you know how we can going how we can expand it uh, later you know yeah. little by little yeah, yeah. well the yeah. good thing on vimeo is if you have a computer and you have the internet you can you can access it yeah. so you, you can get people well you've well, you've got us. I'm in Toronto, in Chicago, and we I'm sure get... there's people all over the world who are finding your film. We uh, might get five more people to watch your movie. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Thank well, you. Well, so I'm much. hoping. I'm hoping my Buddhist temple will have a show of it or watch it and talk about it there. Because oh, as a Buddhist, also there's many things of Buddhism that we could talk about from the film, not just the not just the life story, but it also brings up a lot of concepts of Buddhism, which would be very good for. A, community to talk about so which buddhism uh, it is like which sect or? well i came up through tibetan but this one is okay. jodo shinsu oh, okay jodo shinsu yeah. wonderful uh yeah we, we're gonna be uh collaborating with uh, uh buddhist churches of america i hope uh, you know oh. soon bca uh jodo shinsu uh, sect oh, yeah. right yeah. yeah organization and right. uh well you know, i always tell people right so you know the film is okay by itself you know, people watch the film and, uh, you know, people, you know, have uh, some kind of experience and, uh, you know, they go home and, uh, you know, they forget about the film or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how it is. But yeah. I always tell people, you, you know, some people ask me to do the Q&A. That's yeah. wonderful. I can do the Q&A for you. But, you know, I always tell people, you know, maybe you can utilize the film in a different kind of way other than just uh, watching the film. Mm -hmm. For example, right, like you you talked about, uh, I mean, Jodo Shinshu, and there's a, there's some, could be an important Dharma talk that they can talk about. Maybe this is a perfect time to introduce Amida Nyorai. What is Amida Nyorai, right? Because mm -hmm. I, I, I tell you, people are very open to listen to uh, whatever you want to tell people after the film. Because after the film, they yeah. want to talk about it and they want to, you know, they, they will keep going with the experience. Mm -hmm. You know, like they, they want to have, that's it, like I'm going to go home, you know. So mm -hmm. if somebody comes in and, hey, let's talk about this, people are very happy to talk about this. And, you know, some organizations took advantage of that and it worked very well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah Sure. Yeah, yeah, trigger. So I don't want the film to be just a film. That's my like a uh, uh, 
deepest desire. Yeah, I want people to like uh, utilize film in some way to talk about something that's important for them. Yes, well, it it the, your your film, I mean, it's very provocative for us because it talks about a way of living, and it's a way of living different than well, I'm living and Candy's living, and um, it, it it gives us a chance to question what we do in our everyday life compared to what these people are are doing, um, trying to uh, achieve um, you know, greatness in carving. Um, through this apprenticeship process, which seems, uh, for me in Toronto, it seems kind of foreign to me, very exotic, because I don't see it around me anywhere. So it, it, there's a lot to talk about, not just about the film, but about our lives. May I say that there's a small bit of irony here, because Eugene, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, he has carving in his basement with chisels. He does. He's carving a violin. A fiddle. That's that's true, which I'll probably never finish. <laughs> well, I love how you didn't see that you actually have something in common with the film. What I need is a master to help me with it. That's yes. my problem. Yes. <laughs> I'm sort of flailing away in the dark trying to figure out how to do it. <laughs> that's nice. That's nice. Again, like I, we talk about Jodo Shinshu uh, Buddhism, but it doesn't need to be uh, Buddhism at all. You know, it could be like a, a, a like a uh, violin uh, making too. Like uh, any artist can should be able to identify with it. Any artist who wants to be a great artist, you know, either musicians, you know, like a violin maker or mm -hmm. a painter or chef, any, chef or anything, anything. And uh, you know, I mean, it it just uh, for also like museums or uh, places like that, they talk, can talk about the uh, their collections. You know, mm -hmm. these statues, when you go to museums, I mean, it's really hard to connect with these statues other than looking at them and say, huh, these are interesting statues, beautiful statues from uh, the past. But when people see actually uh, the woodcarvers making these statues, they can put two and two together and actually identify with the statue at the museums and to see the statues in a new, different kind of way. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that's some of the examples that people yes. can utilize the film other than just watching it and just to say, oh, and just go. Very home. true. Very true. Yeah. I'm hoping to get a movie night at my temple. So that would be really interesting. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun, I think. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. 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 Uh, please and contact me. You know, I, when we will for sure. Maybe we can do a Q&A Zoom meeting with you or something. <laughs>